Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and sometimes I like to strut stupidly around to show my authority. And this week I'm joined by my co-host and friend and the man that um, isn't a pencil neck dweeb, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. Uh, sometimes I do the Randy Orton pose when I up in the morning though and my wife just kind of looks at me with a strange look on her face so <laughs> i have that going on do you uh do you strut when you're at the zoo is that is that how you assert your your authority no i don't strut when i'm at the zoo i did have a guy this is kind of weird and off topic um but we were in our office and we were just talking and one of the other managers was just like looking at me and i've mind you i've known this guy for at least a year, I feel like now, maybe, maybe, yeah, some year and change. Um, and he goes, Michael, you have really broad shoulders. You could be a bodybuilder. <laughs> so I, that's, I, that's why I don't think I need to strut to show my dominance. I just have very broad shoulders and could be a bodybuilder. So people just know. Yeah. Uh, that's totally how I've perceived you during this, uh, you know, 20 plus years of, <laughs> being friends is yeah that guy's gonna be a bodybuilder someday so <laughs> astute observation by your colleague yep but um jesse why don't you tell our fans at home what we're gonna be talking about this week because i feel like this one's been kind of cooking for a while uh we talked about doing it before then we were like let's wait to get some more news and then we got some more news and then we got more news and then we got even more news uh, about what was going on here. And I think it just, you know, we, we, we've been talking about doing it and now it's here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely here uh, to break through all the ambiguity. Uh, this is going to be our latest check-in on the world of wrestling, uh, specifically WWE, uh, the uh, competitor company AEW, and then you know, a couple of other topics as well. But yeah, it, I will say this for the world of wrestling in terms of how news has been breaking the past year. It is seldom ever dull or boring. Uh, so it has that going for it. And oftentimes what is happening behind the scenes is even more compelling to what's actually happening on TV or in the ring, uh, which is typically true of wrestling as a whole, but I, this last year, especially. So a lot of updates have occurred for these companies since we last talked, Michael, I think that was around Labor Day, I want to say, when we did our, our last check-in. Uh, so we have a pretty solid uh, quarter and a half or so of, uh, of progress that we've made since then. Some of it good, some bad. None of it boring, though. So I think we got you on the edge of your seat now, if you're ready. Yeah, I'm totally ready. I mean, you've been setting me articles for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. about this stuff so I've, i'm pr I'm pretty stoked to see kind of what 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 you haven't been sending me or like the deeper meanings and things that you about uh, that i might have missed just being a general fan of wrestling yeah i i was keeping you updated as some of this news was breaking just because i a at first i thought well this is kind of interesting we're probably going to check in again here sometime soon so this will be good to send you I was just kind of baffled at how rapidly like things were escalating in a short period of time. So without any further ado, we'll kind of jump right into it here. Um, when we had last checked in on the world of WWE, Michael, better known as, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment, um, long time executive chairman, CEO, you know, owner for all intents and purposes of the company, Vince McMahon had resigned. Uh, I say resigned because they said he retired 
but I always put that in air quotes. So essentially he had resigned uh, due to allegations of payouts to reach settlements and avoid lawsuits over accusations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. And he gave up all his duties and all of his, his titles with the company with the sole exception that he still remained majority shareholder of this publicly traded company, which is important to note. Afterward, when Vince had retired, air quotes again, and stepped aside, uh, his one of his business partners in the company, uh, Nick Kahn, uh, assumed the mantle of co-CEO alongside Vince's daughter, Stephanie McMahon, who had been on the business side of WWE for some time um, and head of creative was a longtime WWE staple slash superstar uh, Triple H uh, who had sort of like broken into the booking side of the wrestling business and taken on more of a backstage role by running WWE's developmental company NXT, for which he received a lot of widespread critical acclaim for how he ran uh, this very small section of WWE's uh, product. And so a lot of people were excited for these changes, you know, and we're looking forward to what a Vince McMahon-less WWE might look like. Um, On the other side of the coin, we had... AEW, which was founded a few years ago um, by one of the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan, and with the backing, or he was providing the backing, and he was doing this in tandem um, with some of the the wrestlers who uh, wound up taking on roles within the company, both on and off screen. CM Punk was in this company, Michael, which saw him return to wrestling after a prolonged multi-year absence. Um, This return, you know, gave the company a lot of buzz. People were pretty stoked to see him back in the fold. Um, But about a year after this, and this is almost right around the time we did our last check-in, he became embroiled in backstage drama with some of his fellow superstars. Um, He had won AEW's world championship one time, um, but he had to step aside because of a foot injury. He came back to the company from his injury, won the championship again, only to launch a profanity-filled tirade and an after-show media scrum, uh, pretty much directing all his grievances with other important wrestlers in the company that he had some beef with. Um, This (laughs) culminated in a fight backstage with some of those wrestlers, including Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And yeah, it it was a major... It was a major shitstorm of epic proportions for this company. Um, and then felt another AEW superstar, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, had also returned to the company after a prolonged absence, which was preceded by him running down the company and AEW owner Tony Khan in a live promo and then not being seen on TV for a while. So, yeah, that was what we talked about last time, Michael. So... Things were not boring, and that's that's going to be the operative word uh, or phrase for this episode, I think. Um, nothing is ever going to be dull, and that's kind of where we left things off, and we'll start by catching you up on the WWE side and just kind of notate that this new leadership at WWE you know, resulted in a positive difference uh, for talent, employees, and fans. Uh, morale at the company was up. It sounded like a much healthier work environment. Triple H's creative changes were making for more consistent shows and a better overall product. And it, it wasn't perfect. I mean, 
WWE is always going to have its sports entertainment shtick that doesn't work for some people. And that's, that's just part of their brand. And I don't think that's going to change no matter who is in charge, but by and large, uh, definitely we're making some changes and adjustments for the better. Um, many wrestlers who had been released by Vince McMahon over the past several years, uh, they made their return to the company and including many of those who had worked under Triple H and NXT. Um, these superstars were typically allowed to keep the names and characters that worked well while they were in NXT with Triple H as opposed to what typically happened whenever they went to the main roster to work for Vince, where they were saddled with, you know, a completely different character. Maybe they would have a first and last name and Vince would just take away their first name for shits and giggles and, or just, you know, completely change their name altogether. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, sort of one of the weird quirks that had really worn on the fan base. Wait, uh, oh, so let me get this straight, just so I can understand it. They spent all this time in NXT. Mm -hmm. uh, they build up a fan base. They merchandise, I'm assuming, is also happening here at this time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they, they, you know, it's like, you know, they referred to me as like, you know, the bearded lumberjack, right? Or something like that would be my... Sure. But my wrestling persona. It's and then bad. I would have gone with Wolfman, but no, oh, that's true. Oh man, I'm being it too. Okay. So that's a perfect example. So I would have gone with like, you know, or there we go. I was Wolfman in NXT. And then when I would change to the full, like, you know, roster, I get changed to like the bearded lumberjack, like something along those lines where it just like, I, I built up a fan base with one name, one identity, one shtick. And then when I moved to the, the main roster, my shtick and name kind of change. That happened to a lot of the talent who were called up. Yes. What? That doesn't make any like business sense whatsoever. Like, wouldn't you want the people that like, especially if they were, they, if it's like, it feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, NXT is kind of a proving ground. It's the it, minor leagues for a lack of a better term, I feel like here. Sure. And then the, the main show is the full roster. Wouldn't you want that popularity and, and name recognition to carry over into the full? You would think so. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just making sure I'm not missing something here. Cause I'm, I'm just like real baffled on like, why? <laughs> I think that was part of the problem during the, the most recent tenure, I'm not going to say final tenure of Vince McMahon's uh, stewardship over the creative directions of WWE, because you never know. But I feel his vision for what he wanted on the main roster did not always mesh very well with what Triple H liked to do in NXT, which was typically a more popular slash logical way to go about telling stories and you know building up characters basically running a tv show and so when vince would receive these call-ups if he didn't understand what their appeal was or if he just flat out didn't like their character or their name he, he would just change it and vince is also known to change his mind about things that he had already decided so you could maybe lose a name one week come back next month and maybe not only have you lost half your name so you're just lumberjack now michael but <laughs> maybe now you have a completely different gimmick that doesn't have any connection whatsoever to what you were doing before in nxt so it's almost like you're starting completely from scratch and all of your developmental work in terms of building your character and establishing a following with this audience, not all of whom watch NXT, but a, a sizable amount of the fan base does. Now you're, now you're just, you're, you have to prove yourself all over again. You're back to square one. I don't, that seems so weird to me. It's, it's very bizarre. And 
one definitely one of the aspects of Vince McMahon's decision making that really rated on fans who you know still followed the main roster. It would almost get to the point where the casual fans, the general WWE audience who will go to the shows, maybe check in on TV every once in a while, and it's just there for very specific stars like a John Cena, for example is not really paying attention to any of that. So that WWE fan base that's really solidly established is not going to notice or maybe even care about any of these dumb quirks that are happening elsewhere. And then all the more you know dedicated wrestling fans who want to see something that makes sense and that uh, rewards them for tuning in on a consistent basis was usually paying more attention to NXT and maybe not even watching the main roster. So it was, it was this very strange divide in the same company between these two visions for WWE that didn't really align all that well. So weird. Yeah. It was very weird. And so when Vince left and now Triple H is taking over creative for the entire company and he still kind of has a pulse on what's happening in nxt you know this type of thing would hopefully you know cease to exist in the company and anyone who worked there before who was then coming back would you know have that same character and you know wouldn't have to go through this uphill battle to reestablish themselves all over again yeah it, it just seems like such a bad business decision like you have a product why it's okay in fairness i shouldn't assume that you know they're always so logical i mean with it's the reason we got new coke versus classic coke you know type thing and that's yeah i don't know well and that's a good point because these large companies these billion dollar corporations they don't always have to be logical or make sense with their decision-making. They're going to make money despite themselves. And Vince has been coasting on that for years that, you know, he's, he's got an established brand so he can just kind of do whatever BS that he wants to on a week to week basis. And he's you know still going to rake in, you know, the almighty dollar, you know, by the end of the year. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like the, yeah, the, am I, am I the problem? No, the children are. Yeah. Type yeah. moment where it's just like, well, clearly people love it. I keep getting paid money when people are like, oh, God, this, this storyline sucks. You're like, oh, I'm so mad that they got rid, you know, the wolf man. He was my favorite. Now he's some <laughs> stupid jack because they've gotten rid of his not even, he's not even a, you know, lumber anymore. Now he's just jack. Like, that's <laughs> dumb. It would be very dumb, and as, as a GM of multiple tabletop games, I, I would assume, you know, that would be difficult for you to just change characters like that on a dime. So, well, without any sort of like logical reason, like yeah, if I went through like like if your character, because that's not to oversimplify, I feel like, but I feel no. like wrestling it, it is a physical dr- uh, drama. Um, sure kinetic drama would make up some sort of term for it but I think uh, combat theater used yeah as uh, okay combat theater um oh, i wouldn't even know if i would call it combat theater though because i've seen <laughs> actual like theatrical combat but sure. um <laughs> but it just seems weird to me like you would make choices without any sort of storyline or progression or thought like you know reveal like in board in role-playing games like you don't just suddenly change the bad guy's name because or, or, or another character's name or an npc's name you, you you do it for a reason There there's story and there's you do it to get some sort of emotion or reaction or something like that like if there was some sort of thing like using the what is now at this point the very dumb naming conventions of lumberjack and uh, wolfman like it would make more sense if it started out as like one thing that then like was like, Oh no, the lumberjack was really the big bad wolf the entire time. Dun, dun, dun. Like something like that. 
makes more sense than just being like, eh, this week his name's Jack. <laughs> well, and to your point, like, it's not just Vince McMahon, you know, he's head of creative, but he has a whole team of writers who are, you know, coming up with ideas for storylines and helping, you know, with promos when the wrestlers are, you know, interacting with each other, etc. And, you know, I would assume they, they try to keep things consistent and sensical and for there to be a logical progression week to week for a show that never has an off season. It's on every week. And that, you know, difficult job made even more impossible by this old man who just kind of does what he wants to do on a whim and is infamous for changing his mind and kiboshing things that he had, you know, that they had done or set up for last week that maybe they're trying to carry over for this week. Or maybe he just simply forgot that he had pitched a certain idea or that they had already done a specific matchup the week before. And so he books the same thing again. It was to the point where they would have the show written like for a SmackDown on a Friday and Vince McMahon would arrive and no, I don't like any of that. And he would tear up all their ideas hours before the show, rewrite the entire thing himself. And commentary members are, you know, about to go live and they don't know what the show is supposed to be. There's no, there's no established run sheet yet after all the other ideas were thrown out. This is the chaos that it was pretty routine for WWE over the past five, ten years or so. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, and likely you can't say woof, remember? You're you're Jack now. You <laughs> oh, lost, that's right, yeah. You lost your other gimmick. So... Bro, 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 bro. <laughs> that's my chainsaw revving up, I guess. And I point all this out because I think this will help underscore some of these other events that will take place as we get a little bit further here. But yeah, it's can you imagine like trying to like have any sort of productivity or any like any creative freedom to do anything knowing that at any point you're you know multi-week storyline that you just came up with is going in the shredder and you know we're you're not doing any of that not really i mean like uh, it's weird it's because like we have like don't get me wrong like there are things that like sometimes i'm like why are we doing this this doesn't make sense my boss is you know, changing to this thing again great cool i guess you know sometimes it makes sense like sometimes you're like i guess i just don't see the bigger picture but if it just keeps happening i would at a certain point go like why yeah i think that's a question a lot of employees there and a lot of fans have been asking for years in regards to his decision making i digress but Still very important to note. Um, so Vince has been gone. We have now what is a much healthier and more productive work environment. Morale is up backstage. I think people are enjoying working with Nick Khan and Stephanie and Triple H a lot more than they enjoyed working for Vince. But you would recall, Michael, Vince McMahon is still majority shareholder of this publicly traded company despite essentially being gone for around half a year or so and so what does this mean well this means that if vince mcmahon ever decides that he wants to make any sort of return to this company that he founded and ran for decades and was forced out of essentially he can do that if he wants to. And sure enough, uh, Vince McMahon did exactly that. He told the board of directors, I think shortly before the holidays, that he intended to make a return, that he wanted to come back. The board responded to this, <laughs> to this notice of intent or whatever it was called that 
you know, Vince, your return is probably not in the best interest of the company, considering you had all these dealings and allegations of misconduct and the fact that in the same reports, um, there were further allegations made, uh, even of a more devious nature, uh, considering that Vince had potentially assaulted and even raped uh, some women back in the day. And those two cases, to my knowledge, he is currently settling out of court as he has done to keep some of these other allegations quiet in the past. Um, so the board doesn't want him back because all of this is still going on. But, um, and he wanted to make this comeback. He thought he received bad advice from people close to him to step down that he believed these allegations would have blown over. These investigations would have blown over had he stayed and he should have just stuck around and not given up his power. And we had mentioned last time that, you know, a sale of WWE was possible because they're at a, they're a very profitable company and they certainly have been doing well on the business side over the past few years. But because he's still majority shareholder, Vince can block any sale of WWE by Nick Khan, by Stephanie. So, which he more or less told them he would do if he didn't have direct involvement um, as executive chairman and that he wouldn't support or approve any media rights deal even. So if negotiations are coming up for WWE to renew contracts for you know, Monday Night Raw on the USA Network or SmackDown on Fox. He can block all of that, too, because he's majority shareholder. So essentially, he was holding the company hostage, I'm sorry, hostage from the outside, and nobody could stop him from making his return. And that's more or less what he did. He officially returned to the board of directors earlier this month. We're recording this on January 26th, so this was shortly after the new year. And immediately upon that return, Michael, he brought two former board members back with him, meaning three existing board members had to resign, which happened. And then two additional board members resigned on top of that including the member of the board who was leading the investigation into all of Vince's settlements to keep these allegations quiet. Hmm. That sounds very not on the up and up, <laughs> not on the up and up at all. So as you can imagine, this kind of threw the wrestling world, you know, into a tailspin and I had talked about last time, you know, as good as things are seemingly trending now for WWE, they still have this black cloud hanging over them, given that there's probably still more to come from the fallout of all of these allegations and all of Vince McMahon's misconduct over, over a long period of time, probably since he's been in power. What I also said, though, is I never thought Vince was going to retire willingly. And so when this happened and they gave, you know, we had these reports for why he felt justified in doing this, it completely fit him to a T. Like his personality, what I know about him from following this company for, you know, most of my life and from what I've read about him, like, yeah, like, this is not a guy who was ever going to go away quietly if he didn't have to. And I mean, he sat at home for not even six months and he just, he could not stand that he no longer had the power and the control that he wants did. Yeah. That's what it seems like he, the, the whole, was that other football guy he played like he recently, uh, 
said he was retiring and then like with moments of retiring like he was just like now i'm not retiring i'm coming back tom uh, brady yeah <laughs> that yeah. football guy come on you know that, that one yeah i mean he is probably the football guy so your description <laughs> is fairly accurate nicely done but uh yeah a little different in the sense that, that was <laughs> yeah his choice and whether you agreed with it or not like it really you know it, it was ultimately just deciding his career and whatever effects that would have on his life whereas these are decisions that have you know ripple effects throughout the lives of pretty much everybody who works there yeah no i mean don't get me wrong i do i'm very clearly there is a difference but like man this this asshole yeah pretty much it's like it's that that thing where it's that simpsons meme you know that you mentioned about am i out of touch no it's the children who are wrong and they've they've photoshopped vince's head onto that (laughs) meme before because it's just so perfect and it's like nobody wants you here dude like you're the only one you know that is insisting on still being part of this because it's not for the money i mean he as majority shareholder if there was a sale he would rake it in you know times a million you know for for whatever you know that would go for and he could just do whatever he wanted for the rest of his life but what he wants is to be back in control of his legacy i guess that's all he really cares about I think that's very clear at this point. Yeah. So much so um, that shortly after his return uh, to the board of directors, he had put out a press release stating that, you know, he's basically just there to oversee a sale of the company to make sure he's maximizing value for his fellow shareholders. Very, you know, Vince McMahon PR speak. And anyone who follows WWE knows that, okay, well, this is just all superficial because Vince McMahon lies. And so it was not a shock at all, Michael, that shortly after this, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, resigned from her position as co-CEO and put out her own press release, which did not seem very loving for her father. So you can read between the lines there. Um, And then Vince was reinstated as executive chairman. So essentially, other than being head of creative on a weekly basis, he has most of his power back that he had, air quote, retired from uh, back in July. And then I think my favorite, my favorite observation that came from this is certain fans being like, wow, this new season of Succession is a real doozy. (laughs) Cute. Yeah. So that's about where we're at now. He is also, you know, currently facing some litigation from fellow investors and shareholders who claim claim that he breached his fiduciary duties as controlling stock and is imposing his will on the board, which, I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's what I call this situation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would be fairly confident that, you know, this being Vince McMahon and he's, you know, he's a lot of things, but when it comes to business, he's not stupid that he has probably foreseen you know a lot of this backlash and you know has plans for how he's going to address it and you know you know just pretty much let it skirt by remember that uh sorry i just had a flashback do you remember that time where he uh died quote unquote in a car explosion yeah (laughs) that's a stupid storyline it's probably his most absurd thing he ever did on, <laughs> as a character on his TV show. Yeah. Ooh, real sh- <laughs> that was it. That was the thought I had. I just needed to share that. 
Yeah, yeah, just wish. He would have stayed dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I always thought. I was like, dude, this guy is, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be running this thing and dies in that chair. And that's, that's the only time there's ever going to be a real transfer of power. And, you know, that may very well be true. Um, we'll just have to see. Um, so anyway, um, this is this is ongoing. Um, they're looking at a potential sale of the company. Um, there's rumors that you know maybe Comcast will be the buyer eventually. I've heard some rumors maybe Disney will do it. Which I mean that's the last thing Disney probably needs is to own another <laughs> property and increase their monopoly, or rather the last thing we need uh, Disney to do. Um, right. Although, I guess, small silver lining from that, they would probably build the SmackDown Hotel at one of their resorts, which I think would be funny. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see what comes of that. Um, any company that is going to make a deal, the rumor is that, well, after the sale, we pretty much, much don't want to retain Vince in any capacity that for understandable reasons that he has all this really bad negative PR surrounding him, not to mention he is most likely a sexual predator uh, or deviant of sorts. And that's just not great for business. Um, But what's weird about that is he is probably not going to make a deal that isn't best for him. So if he wants to stay in power, after a sale or take his company private again, which, you know, then would just be, you know, a full fledged dictatorship rather than this dictatorship in disguise that WWE as a publicly traded company has been. Um, He, you know, that would seem like that's what he would want to do. Um, There was, there were some, you know, unfounded reports that came out shortly after he returned as executive chairman that he had a deal in place to sell WWE to Saudi Arabia, which made sense in the, because they already worked together from a business perspective, given that WWE does shows in Saudi Arabia a few times a year, which for those of you who may not have followed this story at all, but or maybe fans of last week tonight, John Oliver did a piece on that and covered that aspect of it. Um, so it makes sense because they're probably not going to care about any of that negative PR and they already have a business relationship with him. So that makes, you know, that's almost too logical for something he would do to not happen. And that was terrifying for a moment for, I think, a lot of fans. And also, you know, there are talents there who, you know, they have LGBTQ wrestlers who work for that company. Uh, They have, you know, certain superstars that, given their nationality, are maybe not welcome in Saudi Arabia, to say the least. And so that was pretty frightening uh, and thankfully, in that moment, it turned out to not be true. And, you know, the, the process to make a, a deal is still ongoing. But that's not to say that that's not going to happen eventually. So it's for as good as things have been on screen, there's a lot of turbulence and a lot of anxiety around this company right now uh, from the outside. I would say, yeah, it- if you would have told me that Jesse that Saudi Arabia was looking at buying WWE, I would I've totally been like, yeah, that, I could see that happening just because the little knowledge I know about it is also that they have that partnership going and it's been going for quite some time. Well, and this is something that they've been doing, you know, kind of, I don't want to say maliciously, but it's, Basically, Saudi Arabia 
behind the scenes is just purchasing these like well-known properties or you know a good example they they own the premier league team newcastle <laughs> and <laughs> that's a very popular team you know ronaldo <laughs> signed with you know that soccer club um, and he's one of the most famous players out there not that i'm a soccer aficionado or anything or football as it's called <laughs> but they do this to improve their reputation at its face value and try and get people to forget about all of these atrocities and all of their history, you know, that have occurred, you know, on the back end. And so it just made total sense when I heard that. I was like, yeah, I mean, they're, they can provide the most money and they will just pretty much allow Vince to do what he wants. And yeah, people will still watch and it's going to be another, it, it everything <clears throat> just fit together. You know, it, it just made a lot of sense. Yeah. Sounds kind of uh, a little terrifying to me, actually. <laughs> and it's, it's unfortunate that all of this is occurring now because, you know, they had a good thing going for a little bit. You know, Triple H is still running creative as of this recording, and we'll see how much longer that continues for in the foreseeable future. Uh, they're still doing very well from a business perspective. Um, they're entering kind of their peak season you know, that I think you're familiar with, you know, because they have the Royal Rumble this weekend. They're entering their WrestleMania season, and that's always, you know, when they kind of bring out, you know, the big guns to, you know, put on certainly not always their best shows, but they try and make them their biggest shows. So it's, it's sad that, you know, this, you know, black cloud is, you know, sort of just shrouding all of this and, you know, a light that shouldn't be as negative as this, because, you know, for once it seemed they were trending in a positive direction. But Vince is still there, so really, how positive can it be? Yeah, so that's the thing. And who knows, you know, how much longer, you know, they'll stay on this current trajectory that they are currently on on TV. You know, at any point, you know, if he wants to assert himself in the day-to-day -day operations again, he can do that and nobody can stop him. So, Monster. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's pretty much just the worst. So that's what's happening with the World Wrestling Entertainment. I will be sure to keep you apprised, Michael, as more breaking stories emerge. Um, we'll probably have a better idea of how all this is going to play out in terms of a sale, probably around, you know, midway through the year or so. So we'll plan on circling back time over the summer. As for AEW, the main competitor in the U.S. to WWE, um, things were, as we said, you know, pretty turbulent there as well, though for different reasons. Um, when you have your top star, you know, brawling with other members of your roster who are also executive vice presidents backstage. It's not a good look for business for you know, whatever your company is. Um, so what, how does this all played out since then? Um, shortly after this, this altercation took place, uh, it came out that, you know, not only had CM Punk engaged in all of these very off script actions after winning back his championship, uh, but he had torn his peck in that match where he won the title. So he was going to be out of action regardless of any other fallout that came from, you know, his, his other actions that he had taken, you know, at this show. Um, but he, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and, you know, one of Punk's associates who was also involved in the scuffle, now we're suspended indefinitely from the company. So 
they were all gone as of you know the next tv show that aw aired they kind of had to do a reset of sorts from a reset of sorts from a storyline perspective um and yeah it was it was a big kerfuffle as as one might call it yeah that's how i always describe wrestling as kerfuffles it's a great word you can use it in a lot of instances <laughs> And so they, as you can imagine, you know, when you give a lot of TV time and push a certain, you know, and this could be true of any business, you know, any, any employee. Um, but in, I think certainly in the case of wrestling where, you know, your product is carried by your on-screen talent. So when you, put that much time and effort into a guy like CM Punk and sort of make him your top star of your business. And then he's just gone because of backstage drama and this injury that kind of puts you in a bind a little bit. And so there's shows after this pay-per-view and after these suspensions were a bit fractured and you know it, it was just kind of weird that oh well i guess all everything that happened before this doesn't really matter now because you know those guys aren't here currently um so they had to reestablish themselves um they did another pay-per-view in november which kind of culminated their efforts to you know pick up the pieces and you know put together an on-screen product that made sense again. Um, what was interesting about that was that at this pay-per-view in November, the other suspended parties, Omega and the Bucks, all returned to, uh, to wrestling again for the company. So their suspensions were lifted. But there was no word on CM Punk. And... He has not been released from the company. He has not had really any other sort of news come to light about the status of his future there. Anytime Tony Khan is asked about that, he says he can't comment on it. And he just kind of sidesteps the question entirely. Um, Punk was removed from the cover of... Uh, the AEW video game that has been in, in development for like ever at this point. Um, but he was going to, he was prominently placed there. He was prominently placed in any promotional material for this company was removed from all of that, but no word on him, you know, being fired or released by this company. And so the thinking is that, he they are just kind of biding their time currently maybe exploring the possibility of a buyout where they'll essentially just pay to end his contract and then he can go on his merry way to whatever else he wants wants to do maybe even stay in wrestling i highly doubt a wwe return of any sort would occur especially with vince mcmahon back in charge but I think that's maybe a general fear that they have that they'll they'll cut this very popular star and he'll wind up back at their competitor. But um, yeah, it's just kind of all in all in flux right now. It's you couldn't have scripted this any more bizarrely if it was a wrestling storyline, dude. That this guy had returned after all this time, too much, too much celebration and fanfare and was on a good run and now because of a very dramatic and chaotic last few months when he was still wrestling there now he's just gone a year later and it's crazy i i don't think i've ever quite seen anything <laughs> like that before yeah it, it, if you would have told me that that was a storyline from a wrestling a wrestling storyline I, I would have believed you yeah yeah it's almost like vince just walked in and you know put our script through the, the spreader <laughs> like nope we're, we're changing that get him off tv he's he's gone for a while 
So we don't know what's going to happen with him. I think the fact that he is still technically employed there means maybe they're just going to ride it out or maybe they're hoping for some sort of reconciliation. Uh, he's been very tight-lipped as well, I would assume, for legal reasons that they're just things that nobody can talk about openly. Um, so we just don't have a lot of new information on that. Um, as far as their on-screen product, I feel that it has been better since that that last pay-per-view they did in 2022. Um, they have, I think, pivoted towards featuring other talent on their roster. And now that they don't have as many backstage shenanigans going on, it's a bit more consistent. And, you know, they're never going to be WWE and be this massive empire because they aren't trying to be that. They really cater towards that that hardcore wrestling fan base who follows all the different territories and companies in the world and knows who this obscure indie wrestler is <laughs> from, you know, the, this corner of the country. Um, so they have that built in fan base and I don't think they're going to expand beyond that because there's only so many of those fans who, you know, who are going to watch wrestling. Um, and everybody else who's maybe more of a casual is pretty much watching WWE. Yeah, I, I would think so. But it's good. It's nice that there's still an alternative there. I, I'm glad they still exist. The more opportunities that you have for wrestlers to make a living in this, this wild industry is always a good thing, and it's always good for the fans to have options uh to look forward to um speaking of options michael um i would assume that you would recall the name mickey james sounds familiar yeah uh she used to be a wwe diva back in the day um also one of the female wrestlers who's really responsible in a way for bringing more respect and prestige and attention to women's wrestling and the possibilities within for women to be featured kind of on the same platitude as the men. Um, she is still going as it turns out. And which I say, because she was a talent in WWE when Michael and I were in high school, which has been a long time at this point. Um, she wrestles for what is known now as Impact Wrestling, which was formerly TNA Wrestling, Michael, hmm. which is also still around. Um, they have really kind of taken on a role as this, you know, more of an independent, you know, kind of smaller scale type of wrestling show that has, you know, some quality matches, but also has kind of the hardcore element that ECW used to have back in the day. Ooh, um, I, fun. yeah, I actually, I've never done this before, but I, I bought one of their shows that aired this month. Uh, first time I've ever ordered it a TNA or impact pay-per-view and I watched it. And I, I, you know, was pretty entertained overall and, you know, was glad to see that, you know, they sold out that show and uh, were able to, you know, present their various talents to, you know, other fans like myself who were maybe checking them out again for the first time in a while. Um, so I'm glad to see they're still continuing. Um, you also have, the company New Japan Pro Wrestling, which for a long time pretty much was only known to, I think, a really hardcore base of wrestling fans outside of Japan and who really couldn't be any more different from WWE in terms of presentation. But I, you can sign up for their app when it was like, it was dirt cheap it was like eight bucks a month and i watched one of 
their big shows that they do every year. Uh, that was earlier this month as well. And when I say it couldn't be more different, you know how WWE will maybe do a match and then do like an interview backstage, maybe some type of shtick that's not a wrestling match in the ring, etc. Yeah. This was like night and day compared to that. It was essentially just match, 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 match. Oh, you know, from start to finish. Like you're playing a, a video game and you're just booting up another exhibition match over and over and over again. Huh. So, and for a long time, I think their audience was not super enthusiastic in the way that they consume wrestling because I think that was just a cultural thing that uh, Japanese wrestling fans, you know, were more attentive and respectful during, you know, a wrestling show, uh, you know, particularly for New Japan, which always infuriated Vince McMahon to no end whenever they ever did a show over there. And he's like, why aren't these people cheering? <laughs> type of thing. So it's because that's how they like show respect, right? That's um, yeah. I feel yeah. like I've yeah. Which yeah, it would make sense when you look at it from that vantage point. Mm -hmm. They have, I think, changed how they participate as audience members in recent years. They're you know a little more enthusiastic than they used to be. Right now, when they do shows, they're there because they're just. This is the first time they've had audiences back, I think, since COVID. So people were in masks and just were not cheering that much. There was, you know, lots of applauding for things that they liked, but that was kind of as loud as things got. So it was just very interesting watching this. I had never watched one of their shows before, um, and it was it was entertaining. Um, and they're doing another show in San Jose. So I think you're going to see a different crowd than we saw this time in Japan. And that's going to be this upcoming month of February. And it's, this is all to say that WWE is going through some shit right now. And if that bums out the fans, I think it's nice that there are alternatives to turn to. That wasn't always the case. And so there, there are options for, you know, whichever wrestling you would like to consume. And you don't have to feel pigeonholed, I think, you know, to watch one particular company. One of WWE's stars who uh, had helped usher in their female division, the women's wrestling division there over the past five or so years, actually just signed with New Japan. And this app that I signed up for, before this gal, you know, signed with that company, I think they had, you know, like a hundred thousand subscribers or so. It wasn't like anything that substantial. Yeah. And after she signed there, I think it went up to like 150, 160,000 subscribers. So Ooh. it's a pretty big jump for an app that's, you know, pretty small in terms of a subscriber base. Um, so I, I, what I hope this means is that people are starting to broaden their horizons a little bit, like I've started to. And I think if you're not happy with what's happening in WWE or maybe this company over here, I think what's nice about our current landscape is that we have the option to be a little more strategic in the exact wrestling that we want to consume. I mean, it kind of goes back to the idea of having, yeah, it is unfortunate you have to go to so many different places to get the content and get what you're looking for, but also to have those options to be able to find new avenues, I think is really nice to see. Because I do feel like we in high school, when at least when I had been into it, um, it, it only felt like there was two things um wwe and uh the octagon one what's the octagon one i don't well, know that was 
TNA. That's TNA. Okay, yeah. So there yeah. you go. So they ditched the octagon. Of but oh, but the but... octagon was there in the octagon. I remember that was all those ads. <laughs> yeah, that they were pretty proud of that. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it definitely did feel that way, especially if you grew up as a WWE fan, because they they want you to be in their bubble and only pay attention to what they're doing and essentially anything wrestling related that happens outside of their company at least this is how vince mcmahon has always run it this changed a little bit when triple h took over but essentially anything else that happens away from wwe does not exist (laughs) in the wrestling world only what happens in wwe matters so they've purposefully want you to be blissfully unaware of any other companies that exist or any other places you can watch. And that wasn't really something we had much control over back when we were younger, because there was no, there was no streaming. You, you just got to watch what was on cable essentially. And now, you know, in our you know digital age where, everybody is streaming everything all the time you know wrestling seems to have finally caught up to that trend to the point where it's similar to how we consume any other media in the sense that you have your options for which one you want to follow and you know you know pay the most attention to yeah nice to see him catching up to the modern day took long enough geez 2023 uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's my overall check-in on all things wrestling. I, obviously, we talked about WWE predominantly because they have the most newsworthy information for me to share. But not not all good, not all bad. But you know, pretty par for the course for you know any of our any of our entertainment we consume. I mean, yeah, but I I mean. I feel like McMahon coming back, going out, go, the allegations. I feel like it, it's nice to hear that this is happening and like know what's going on because mm-hmm. I feel like he's such a. It, it is one of those where CM Punk's altercation just feels like uh, a business where uh, you know friends, individuals are all together and they're kind of struggling. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, physical altercations usually don't happen at a workplace. Um, but also physical altercations aren't usually the main purpose of your workplace either. Uh, and, you know, some of this other stuff coming out, it just feels like the Vince McMahon is like, you're, it, it is the same thing we've been seeing with so many other problems in corporate America, just in a different way or in different venue uh, with allegations of sexual misconduct allegations of abuse and just pointing out like hey this isn't okay anymore like we really need like it's it's clear it's rampant everywhere in corporate america and in this other place it's very clearly still a problem so it's all rooted in capitalism and power dude it's unfortunate it's it's a fascinating story just from the sheer spectacle of it um i'm curious to see how it plays out i'm not very optimistic that wwe will be able to exist without vince mcmahon in the future i just don't have any trust that if he went to all this trouble to come back to his company despite being told nobody wants you here anymore why would he then just return solely to make a deal just to make everybody money and then walk away again that doesn't really that doesn't really track for who i know vince mcmahon to be well i mean it does kind of track because he's an asshole (laughs) well he is but such an asshole that he is going to make a deal that is in his best interest which is going to see him be able to maintain his control after the deal is made. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So 
you know, this, unfortunately, yeah, we didn't plan this necessarily, but this was kind of a recurring theme of the month, just what happens in these massive corporations when, you know, power and greed are kind of unchecked and, you know, folks can kind of just get away with pretty much anything they want. Uh, some pretty heinous actions in some instances. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So we'll, we'll do another update this year. Um, once, you know, we've got some more news. I think if we do another wrestling episode before that, I've got a couple ideas on something that we can do that will be a lot more lighthearted and a lot less dramatic. So good to know. And for that, that's all I have. I thank you, my friend, for giving me the platform to share something that I am passionate about uh, for, I think it was our fourth episode. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks, Jesse. I mean, I appreciate um, learning a little bit more about something I, I used to be enter- entertained by. Um, and then also just kind of hearing what's going on in a another section of the world in entertainment. So I appreciate the, I appreciate the episodes. Yeah. This is not the last time this year. You'll probably see something breaking about this on, on Google or, or wherever you get your news, my friend. So. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to hit the Reel, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, but hey, if we got anything wrong, um, or if uh, I, I don't know, if Jesse something something wrestling uh, stuff, <laughs> and you want to talk to him about that, feel free to email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode. We'd love the support. And like always, hey, keep it real.